Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and discover how we can all apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. Hey, a shout out to you as we rapidly approach 40 million downloads of The Ziggler Show and being a top 1,000 podcast on planet Earth consistently. Thanks for listening and more so for doing all you do to live forward the legacy that is Ziggler and pursuing all you want by helping others get what they want. Hey, in today's episode, my question is, what is more valuable than having human relations skills? I'd say maybe nothing uh, in the quality of your relationships, the quantity of your relationships and the joy in your relationships is equal to your human relations abilities. Along the way, we all learn some basic things, but you're going to hear now Zig Ziglar's 10 commandments of human relations. And you're probably doing some of them well and benefiting from them. Thank goodness. But where are you not doing well and maybe suffering or at least not benefiting as much as you could. So I'm going to play a four minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he quickly takes us down his list and judging that Zig is held up as one of the very top, most successful communicators of all time. The list feels fairly irrefutable. So I'm going to bring you Zig right after I give some gratitude to our esteemed Ziggler show sponsors. we deal with people, can we get in a situation where we do not let those emotions control us and control how we feel? Now, I've got to make a confession to you. Much of this message today in this series is aimed at myself. Because, you see, all of us need to be reminded. Let me remind you that everybody wants to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to be at least reasonably prosperous. They want to be secure. They want to have friends. They want to have peace of mind. They want to have good family relationships, and they want to have hope. Those are the things they want in life. Now, much of that is dependent upon your job or your profession, and much of that job or profession is dependent upon the relationships you have with other people. Other relationships with other people does make a big difference in your life. The job you have, getting that job, getting that promotion, keeping that job is determined many, many times by the relationships you have established, not only at home, but on the job. The reality is people hire you and keep you on the payroll because of your productivity, but also because they like you. And so what can we do as individuals to make certain that that relationship is built and is solidly built? Let me start out by giving you uh, 10 of the commandments of human relations. They're not originals by any stretch of imagination. You'll recognize virtually all of them. You speak to people. Now, that's elementary, isn't it? That's very, very simple. You smile at people. It takes 72 muscles to frown, only 14 to smile. And a smile is the first thing you notice about others. You call people by name. You've heard it a thousand times. You're friendly and helpful to people. Number five, you need to be cordial. You 
speak and act as if everything you do is a genuine pleasure. Be genuinely interested in other people. Uh, You can like almost anybody if you really try. Be generous with your praise and very careful about any criticism you might have. Be considerate of the feelings of others. Be alert to give service. What counts most in life is what we do for others. And number 10, add to this a good sense of humor. Now, it's basic to say this, that the best thing to do behind a person's back is to pet it. And if you meet somebody with a chip on the shoulder, the best way to get it off is to let them take a bow. Very elementary. And yet it is enormously important. Now, we need to understand that people want to be right, they want to be appreciated, and they want to be understood. When I use the word appreciation, the Department of Labor says that 46% of all of the reasons that people quit, why would they quit a job? 46% of them said they quit the job because they did not feel appreciated where they were. Those Ten Commandments will help solve some of that. Now, all of us want to be always right, but none of us can be right every time in everything that we do. But if we can, in dealing with people, let them know you understand how they feel. I appreciate the position that you have. Then you have cushioned the answer to them when you have to say no to what they want. We need to understand as people that all of us are emotional. Everybody says, well, I make logical decisions. In a pig's eye, you do. Now, sometimes, I mean, you deal with the facts, but when you really get right down to it, It's the heart that really influences most. All right, Tom, with this list, you know, it's, it's really interesting out of all the, my, my lifetime of growing up, listening to your father, Zig Ziglar. And, uh, and then, you know, four years now doing the podcast, I had never heard this, the 10 commandments, uh, of, uh, personal relations. I I just, I had missed it somehow. I don't know. Do you recall what, like, is it in the, uh, you know, blueprint for success series strategy. I don't remember hearing it in there. I don't know where it came from. Um, you know, Kevin, everything blends in my brain because I've heard it all so many times. So I think it might be in the, uh, yeah. in the strategies of blueprint, or it could be in how to stay motivated and relationships. Yeah. Well, it sure was interesting, uh, to, to, to read it, to think about it for myself. And when I posted the question on Facebook, uh, I did put down my own, you know, what my strengths and weaknesses are. I put strengths was number two, smiling at people, eight, being considerate of the feelings of others and 10, having a good sense of humor. But my weaknesses were number one, speaking to people, just making the effort to engage and acknowledge folks. I can tend to just kind of hide in my little introvertness um, and being generally interested in others. Uh, is an admission that's really hard to admit, but I got to admit that that's, that's not my strength and being generous with praise and very careful with criticism, which is an interesting one because I am careful with criticism, man, it's not in my nature to just immediately encourage. I think it, but it doesn't come out of my mouth. Again, I'm just not a very verbal guy when I'm on the, off the microphone, at least. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was interesting to think through. It's just not things, but to think about these are the 10 commandments and coming from Zig, it feels pretty irrefutable. So I'll throw it at you. Uh, what would you say right off the bat are strengths and weaknesses? Here's what's interesting to me is, uh, I think my greatest strength here is also my greatest weakness. Huh? Um, number eight, be considerate of the feelings of others. Okay. I operate in that condition all the time. That's my personality profile. That's just the way I see the world. I think everybody's a friend, whether I know them or not. Uh, and so I treat people like friends usually right out of the gate. Um, so considerate of what they want. And yet my inner circle, my family, my close friends, they'll tell me, Hey, what do you want? Mm. Yeah. And then when I, you know, when they dig in and I tell them what they want and they go, Hey, you know, we like that about you. You need to just tell us what you want. And so it's always, you know, that you get in the car and somebody says, where do you want to eat? Well, I'll say wherever you do, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and so in relationships, it's good to be aware and to, you know, be purposeful and intentional in these skills uh, in, in these things, but also I think we need to be genuine and transparent and real and, and you can use these as a shield. So I use that as a shield sometimes yeah. of just what everybody wants. I'm all in, I'm supportive, I'm optimistic. I, I encourage them. Uh, but it's hard for me when somebody says, no, where do you, what do you really want to do? Hmm. Interesting. With this too, that it became very apparent that the professed extroverts felt pretty comfortable in most of these areas. And the introverts like myself are the ones that cited more difficulty with that. And from that, I surmise that for us introverts, well, tough, these are the laws and we just have to make more of an effort. I mean, I do, I, I, I you know, I think uh, good thoughts about others. I don't speak them. I have to speak them. I have to, to give that encouragement. I have to make that effort. I need to have times of, uh, of reaching out to people and acknowledging them and yet also be at peace with, I am an introvert. I get, I can do those things. I can do the social thing, but it does. I expend energy. It doesn't fill me. My wife is the opposite, man. It's like plugging her into a charger to go do social stuff. And this stuff comes easily for her. And, uh, either way, the laws are the laws here and I believe them. I've lived them. I've experienced them. Um, we all want to be the recipients of these things. So, well, Hey, I'll start off and I'll tell you right off the bat and especially yeah, for the introvert or the extroverts, I'm sorry. We had so many of them say, gosh, I, I think I do really well. I'm mindful of all these things, but by far and large, the biggest weakness for everybody across the board, I think it was about 50%. Number three, calling people by their name. Um, that was absolutely the biggest call out for a weakness and Tom, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, cause I know you've been, as I have, you've been in the industry for so long and that concept of personal relationships is always, you're always cognizant of it. And the aspect of, we know people like to hear their name, but remembering their names, um, I think in one hand, I want to say, I think people have all, you know, generally always talk about, gosh, that's maybe that's not their strongest issue. I'm wondering if it's harder in today's world where we have less reason to remember anything. We don't have to remember phone numbers. We don't have to remember addresses. We don't have to remember our passwords. We don't have to remember much of anything because it's on my phone. I don't have to, I, I don't have to exercise my memory uh, skills, brain function 
as much as I used to. So I'm with that. Can we surmise from that, that maybe people are remembering names even less now, or do you think it's just always been that way? You know, I think, uh, it's almost to me, it's like a hard drive capacity. Once we get a certain amount of disk space, disk space occupied or, you know, it's harder to remember names. So I, I do think it is harder. Uh, one of my friends is Ron White, not the comedian. This is the memory expert. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, he does a tour in the country. He's memorized um, every hero who lost their lives in the war in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. And he goes around to these events and he writes on the Afghanistan wall every uh, hero, their names, over, what is it, like 3,000 names now or over 2,000 names. And he teaches a system that anybody can use on how to remember names. And it's, I, and I think what it is, it's a lack of education. Mm. And I think there's a fear because, Hey, you know, what's worse than saying, Hey, you it's saying, Hey, David, what your name is Kevin. Right. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. I, Cause I've had people do that. Uh, and it feels disrespectful. Like seriously, you call me Carl. That's Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now when I go, one of my friends, he's kind of funny. Every time he orders through uh, fast food, or he 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 puts his name in his Big Daddy Snaps, and so he gets these ticket receipts that say Big Daddy Snaps, and it always gives me a chuckle. Uh-huh. And I've thought about doing the same thing because when I say Tom, it comes back, you know, Todd, uh-huh. or some other, some other variation, and I don't know if it's their hearing or my speech or whatever, but. Yeah, I think I think there's just this stigma of what if I call you the wrong name? Yeah. Well, I will say here, uh, we had one person say that that was their skill. Jennifer, she says, my personality type is naturally good at most of these things, but I excel at number three, remembering names. I use a mnemonic device for remembering, an old sales trick. Uh, and I know that, yeah, there are that. We've, we Many of us have been exposed to those sales tricks. I never took it in real well. And I'm still, when I meet somebody, especially, you know, you shake your hand and you're automatically subconsciously thinking about yourself. And five seconds later or 50 seconds later, I realize I have no idea what they said. And I've just gotten into the habit of going, I'm so sorry. Tell me your name again, which they always seem to appreciate. I, I think I can see the gratitude in their face and probably 75% of the time, if not more, they will then respond with, yeah. And tell me your name again. Uh, cause they did it as well. So that's, that's my, there's there. So Jennifer actually remembers them. I just have my, uh, I guess I recover. Well, how's that? That's good. Yesterday when I was autographing books, I had a, I was doing a presentation and signing books. And so everybody walks up and I've probably yeah. met them on the way in briefly. I always say, so how do you spell your name as I sign? the book? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's that's smart. That's a great reminder. So if you're looking for a, a way to remember somebody's name as you're putting it into a system, another way to do it is when they introduce themselves, my name's Kevin, Kevin, how do you spell your name? That's always correct. ask because it's 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 it really is it's strange these days how the way people will spell names. That's true. That's a really good tactic. Boy, I, you know, it made me think of anytime I'm in a group, anytime I'm in a meeting uh, with new folks and stuff, and the first thing you know a lot of times they'll do is go around and introduce themselves. I sit there with my journal that I always have with me, and I write it. And if it's a circle group, I'll write it in. A, I'll write a little circle with everybody's name. 
Uh, yeah, boy, I rely on that. Okay, well, we'll, well, we may hit a couple of those, but I'm going to start off. Here's a, a handful of people who really cited number one, speaking to people, acknowledging and engaging with them. So Julianne Black, she says, I probably struggle with one the most because I'm often lost in my thoughts or from just the displeasure of small talk. I guess I don't mind small talk if there's a time limit, like at the checkout counter, but after church or a party, I just feel awkward. Uh, man, Julianne, do I, re- I relate to you. We're, we're kindred spirits in that. I struggle with it. I, I think it's so weird. I mean, I spend my life you know, talking like this, talking tens of thousands of people well, on a microphone. It put me in church afterwards and I just, oh my goodness, a small talk I struggle with. She also says number four, being friendly and helpful. Uh, number seven, being generous with praise, careful with criticism and nine, being alert to giving service come easier for her, uh, especially giving praise and giving service. Um, and it helps her get out of the small talk, she says, and she will add number 10, having a sense of humor, uh, which is a good one. Tom, I know you do that. Well, you use a sense of humor. Uh, in there, which gosh, you, you saw that. I know that that was Zig's testimony that sometimes he felt like he did that too much, even on stage. That was such a go-to for him. Yeah. Humor, you know, I love humor. Um, it's right up there with grammar. I mean, nothing's more important -er than good grammar. Um, that was humor, Kevin, more important -er than than more important. -er, Thank you. I missed that. (laughs) Uh, one of our friends, Bob Teedy, he has these books of, of questions you can ask. Yeah. And boy, what a, what a great question uh, to ask is, can you tell me more? Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. And literally, you can ask that three or four times before it gets kind of awkward. So, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Dallas. Can you tell me more about that? Is that where you're from originally? You yeah. know, and, and then they tell you some more and you just go on. So you can, whatever question is you're trying to work with. uh, And this is how you can, uh, you can make small talk meaningful and you can be focused on listening to their answer rather than what you're going to say next, because your next is just, can you tell me, can you go a little bit deeper? That's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Gosh. Yeah. I hear that. And I know that. And I still, don't always remember to do that. Well, here's another one, Elizabeth Sickler. And again, I think this is the introverts talking here right now. She says, number two is easy, smiling at people. I, I would agree to five and six. This is interesting. Number five, being cordial. Uh, and then six, being generally interested in others. She says, these feel artificial and fake to me, especially in obligatory social situations. Uh, and she says, number one, again, back to speaking to people. Uh, five, uh, again, the being cordial and six, they're especially draining to her as an introvert. It depends on the day when I'm on empty. Uh, it's very difficult as a teacher. I really want to do better with five and six being cordial and being generally interested in others so that my students know how much I care about them and value them as individuals. Man, that's interesting. Again, my wife, I'm going to use her as my avatar here as the, as the consummate extrovert. Those things come so naturally. I mean, it gives her energy to be interested in people. And at that question you just said, Tom, to say, tell me more. I mean, she really wants to know more. And I am more like Julianne said, I'm, I'm kind of lost in my own thoughts, my own little, my own little world, which is great. If I'm writing a book and creating a business, I mean, there's a strength there. Like you said, Tom, a strength and a weakness. I, it's not that it's a bad thing, but now we're talking about personal 
relationships. If we want strength here, if we want quality here, if we want influence with people, these are the things we've got to employ. And I guess us, us introverts, again, we just got to suck it up, Tom. I know. Uh, Audrey here, she says, I do great with all of these. Once I get past number one, past that initial engagement with someone, I spent too many years hiding behind walls of self-protection and got into a habit of not engaging. I've been working on that the past few years. It's more than just being an introvert. It's being standoffish for no good reason. And it has to change for me to be my true self. You know, on that, on this aspect, as we're talking about introverts a little bit, Tom, I mean, you have, you've seen, uh, you've been on stages with and seen on stages, probably more people than anyone else listening right now. And I'm sure plenty of those on stage were consummate extroverts, just what we expect. But I'm also sure you saw some people who were great on stage, great communicators, great messages who were absolutely not. I wonder, and I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Any, any come to mind? Uh, who were good on stage, but were pretty introverted or fairly, you know, on the, on the, it didn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the energy giving thing to them. It was more draining. You know, um, the stages that I've been on or, and watched, uh, there are on stage, it seems like everybody, they, they get the energy, yeah. whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Behind the stage, it's a totally different game. There are people who are literally practicing their speech in a small group, getting laughs, you know, being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people in the bathroom stall (laughs) going over their talk with, you know, don't, don't bother me. Don't, you know, don't get in my space. And I don't think it's because they're not all already prepared. I think it's because they're the introvert. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's because they're starting to get outside of what their normal thing is. Um, dad was, he was an introvert at home. Uh, and when we traveled, he was an introvert until somebody recognized him. And it's like he had this switch and it was just an, and it was an amazing thing. He would yeah. just, he would just come alive. And I think it's because, all of his preparation on the introvert side was meeting his passion, which was having an impact of somebody, you know, in somebody else's life. And so all that fuel just ran across to his outward expression. Yeah. And that's a, that, you know, you don't see that very often. That's, that's so interesting. I don't know if you remember the first time I spoke for Ziegler back with success 2.0 and it was generally in a presentation mode. And I told you, man, I don't want to do a presentation. Let's have a, let's have a discussion. And that's what we did. So we sat in front of the camera together and did that. I, I love doing that. Just like these podcasts. I don't enjoy doing them alone. I always want to have somebody uh, to talk with. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in to the Ziegler show today. I trust that you're inspired to hear these 10 commandments of personal relations of human relations from Zig Ziglar as much as I was when I really heard them recently heard them for the first time. I'm going to continue taking you through listener comments with Tom Ziegler right after I share some great products and services from Ziegler's esteemed show sponsors. Well, here's one. Terry Johnson says, I score an eight to 10 out of all of these. They come easy to me, except for number 10, having a good sense of humor. He says, I need to lighten up a little bit. I've been trying hard on this one, forcing myself to see the humor in every situation. When I do everything and everyone around me seems better and lighter. 
I love that. I think that's, there's the sales pitch for humor right there. It just, I think it, it kind of gives everybody that break. Everybody's been in a, in a crowded situation or been on that uncomfortable elevator with a bunch of people and we're all sitting there shoulder to shoulder, but not talking. And the first person just say something lighthearted. Oh, you can feel everybody just take a deep breath. It's so great. And that is, again, there's the vote for uh vote for humor and you saw it. I mean, that's consummate. Talk about the stage. Isn't that what we were all taught? Hey, right off the bat, say something funny, let everybody kind of take that, uh, that weight off. Yeah. And I, you know, I lead off. How many of you have either seen me before or else this is your first time? I mean, it's <laughs> right. right. And, it, and people have heard that 50 times. They still laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the humor aspect of it, I think it just gives us, gives people a window into us that says, Hey, we're real. Yeah. We're just like anybody else. You know what I think it is, is, um, Angels, angels are able, able to fly because they take themselves lightly. Huh, and, that's great. And, and I think, you know, you can do the same thing. You don't really even have to worry about your humor as long as you look at the perspective. I remember uh, some, someone said, hey, look, you know, have you ever been someplace and you're self-conscious? What are people going to think? Am I wearing the right thing? Nobody cares. Yeah. There's yeah. like nobody in the room who's like looking at you going, I can't believe they wore that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what are they doing in their head? Golly, I hope everybody likes me. You know, I hope I wore the right thing. They're all having the same thoughts. So yeah. once you realize in your head that all these, these concerns that you have, nobody else has them but you, about you, then you can take yourself lightly. Isn't that the line now? When you're worried everybody's looking at you, don't worry about it. They're all looking at their smartphones. That's right. Yeah. There's, there's, I saw, I saw a Facebook post yesterday and you know, th- these, these, uh, old angels were up in heaven and there was the young, you know, some, some new people entered heaven and the guy goes, man, these, these newcomers, they look so distraught. They keep looking at their hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did we do back then? Uh, They're capable. They keep looking at their empty hands. They don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, life before technology. Well, here, Mike Flynn here, who is author of a new book called master the key. And he says, man, this is a good, uh, good topic. He says, I'm successful, uh, with, with most of them. He says, I struggle sometimes with number five being cordial. Number eight, being considerate of the feelings of others. And number nine, being alert to give service. And he says, I'm an, I am an EFNP on the Myers Briggs. That's a personality test. If, if you folks don't know it, uh, he's a four, four, eight, two on the Colby index, which I'm not even familiar with that one. Uh, but strengths finders, I do know that one. He says he's an activator, futuristic, strategic maximizer and relator. Those are his top five on the strengths finder. So that's interesting, uh, that he's, yeah, again, we're going to see differences with personality styles and we know that Tom, I mean, I'm sure we could look at along this and it just brings us back to that aspect of uh, the rules are still the rules. So some of these are going to be easy. Some of these are going to be hard. Yeah. You know, we had a, uh, we had a disc certification here in our offices and I went through it. So I am disc, disc certified D I S C personality. Profile. Beautiful. And Dr. Robert Rohn taught our uh, certification class. And he basically said, you know, it really just comes down to two things. The, the uh, people, people, they love people. And then there's the task oriented. So in DISC, 
I and S are the people people. So I are the extroverts who are people focused. The S are the introverts who are people focused. The D, the dominant, the driver, they're task oriented extrovert. And then C are the introverts. They're in their task oriented. You know, we think of them as accountants. But here is the way that he said that we should have, no matter what your profile is, everybody can learn from the other side. Yeah. And this is what he said. Love people, do good things. That's it. So we start with the love. We start with, and so these 10 things, doesn't matter whether you're, you know, whatever your profile is, man, we just start by loving people. And then we, then we do things. Yeah. So task oriented people, what they do is they do things and they forget to love people. Yep. And the people oriented people, they love people, but they forget to do things. Hmm. And the world needs both. But the, 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 the way we relate to others, it's, man, we love people first and then we do the good stuff. Well, and what I've, and I grew up on the disc profile and of course my dad, Dan Miller, they, they sell the disc profile, the 48 days one. And, uh, my sister, Ashley Logston, who works with him is disc certified and she does all that. And, and in those most, I don't know, you take different tests, but the ones that they use have your natural, here's your nat, here's who you are naturally. And then here's who you are modified. Some people it's very similar. I think with my dad, it's very similar. His are mine's pretty different. And, uh, you know, I, I do, I modify myself and left to my own. I'm not going to speak. Um, I'm probably going to, you know, be more critical, but I know better than that. And so how I act and behave out here, I modify myself. And I wonder again, coming back to this, that in this aspect of personal relations, those extroverts are going to be a lot more natural here. Us introverts, we're going to have to work at it and modify how we are. Here's a, here's a good one. Soma uh, Hathaway, she says, though I'm often uncomfortable with it, I've learned to speak to people. Say hello first. Engage with them. It's easier when I consider that I am interested in them, so I, interested in them, so I do ask questions. I hesitate to write what I've struggled with because I don't want to keep confirming it in my mind. That's interesting. Uh, but my favorite is having a sense of humor. I'm really good at that. I can easily get people to laugh all the time. I'm also good at exaggerating and have the perfect amount of humility with a little smile, a little smiley face like Moses, uh, the most humble man on the planet said he, uh, that, that is great. And I, you know, this is, again, this is training. We're all talking about brain training. The more that we do this, the more that us introverts put ourselves in social situations and make the effort to speak and engage with people, the easier that it can be. And, you know, again, gosh, Tom, I keep talking to myself. I can do it well. Um, but, uh, I think that's, an important thing for people is you learn to do it well, realize that it may not give you energy. You need to recoup for that. Go back, have some solitude as opposed to the uh, extroverts who need to, uh, they get energy from it. Um, here's another one. I love all these commandments. I'm really, I really think I practice all of them. The strongest being number seven, be generous with your praise, careful with your criticism. After all, I learned these principles many years ago from, Zig Ziglar, encouraging others is what gives them the courage to step out of their comfort zone and into their genius. Uh, I love that. Would you say with your dad, I mean, was he a natural encourager? I think that's what we oh, would yeah. all expect. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the earliest time of his life, he was always a positive oriented, encouraging person. Um, and he'll tell you that. I mean, he'll, you can read the book Zig, his autobiography. You mm -hmm. can, you know, just study his works. 
and he'll talk about growing up. I mean, he, he was doing the right things with the right attitude uh, early on in his career, even though he kept making bad decisions. And that all changed later in his life uh, as the decision-making got better and his faith grew deeper. Uh, but he was just wired that way. Mm-hmm. Here's the good news, though, is whatever it is that we seek to become more like, we can make that happen. We can make the choice mm-hmm. to make that happen. Uh, if we believe something about ourselves, that's the way we're going to perform. Yeah. I mean, it, it just is. And so if you feel like you're a little bit too much in an introvert or you just don't like being in social situations, there's you can change. That's the good news. It doesn't mean that your natural self is more inclined to that. You won't, you won't necessarily change that, but you will change the behavior. And I, I'm much better at judging people's behaviors than their thoughts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you might, you might be an introvert and feel uncomfortable coming up to me and saying, Hey Tom, I'm so-and-so, but boy, I'll give you all the, I will judge you on your behavior. Yeah. I'll think you're a great guy. And we might have a connection that we never would have had if you hadn't come and said something. So there's a positive uh, response in that. Yeah. You know, it's sales is my saving grace, Tom, because I've always had things that I wanted to sell, whether it's something that I was selling to, you know, cause I needed to make a buck or whether it was an idea, a message, something I wanted to influence with and to sell, you've got to employ these things. I, you know what? Hey, I got to tell you this. I just, my, so my oldest son is, uh, about to start as start in the insurance business. And I just gave him my old original copy. It's a 1984 published secrets of closing the sale. And, uh, I told him, man, here's, here's the playbook right here. I mean, he knows the concepts, but I want him studying it because this is stuff, as you said, that we, we learn and we take on, you know, before we are over here, I want to, I want to get a couple Susan Bennett. This is really good. As we talk again about introverts and extroverts, she says, these all come naturally to me, except for calling people by their name. I struggle to remember the names, but I was raised with extremely friendly and kind parents and grandparents in my life who modeled all of these traits. Uh, I'm so grateful for those relationship skills. They definitely feed my soul. The downside, and this is what's interesting. The downside is when someone doesn't respond to me or like me, I'm brokenhearted. Well, let me, like is a different thing, but let's just say doesn't respond to her. So for all the extroverts who authentically, naturally do all these things, they are outgoing. They're eager to connect with other people when they don't get that back. I often see that they feel slighted. They feel hurt. They don't understand that. And I would say, realize that you've got people who are, as we've talked about here, you've got introverts. It's nothing against you. It may not be that they don't like you. That is just not their style. And I hope that uh, folks can hear that so clearly and have a little grace for others and themselves who don't naturally respond that way. It just may not be their comfort area. And I know you see that a lot, Tom. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. I was flying back from Ireland and I did my deal where I give away the little book of big mm-hmm, quotes mm-hmm. and the Starbucks card, uh, the flight crew. And I was working my way back to the, it was a bigger plane. So I'm at the back of the plane and there was a flight attendant in the back of the plane. And I said, Hey, I appreciate what you do. I have a gift for you. It's a little quote book, a dad's quote book and a, and a Starbucks card. Would you like it? And the flight attendant said, no. I'm like, okay. 
you don't like Starbucks? She goes, no, I just don't want it. And I said, well, maybe, you know, somebody I misread her. I thought maybe she just wasn't a Starbucks fan. I said, maybe, you know, somebody who would enjoy it. You could give it away. That's fine. No, I I don't care for it. Thank you. So I go back and the, 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 uh, sit down plane takes off. So now it's the middle of the night and I'm in the galley and two other flight attendants come up to me because they witnessed that. Oh, and they go, uh, golly, we're sorry about our coworker back there that she, you know, kind of rudely refused your gift. Does that happen very often? I go, you know, actually I get turned down about 5% of the time. Oh, well, how does that make you feel when you get turned down like that? I said, I don't care. It doesn't change anything about me. And these two other flight attendants, because most flight attendants, they have that outgoing. Yeah. Right. They go, really? Why doesn't it bother you? And I said, it has nothing to do with me. I said, most likely, there at some point in her life, a trust was broken. She'd put yeah. a lot of trust into somebody, yeah. and they had abused that trust. And so, in her mind, her belief is that there's that nobody's going to give something for nothing. There's always something behind it, yeah. right? And I said, so it doesn't bother me at all, you know, because I just know that it doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. Now that, that takes some practice to understand. And, and I'll give another example. How many of you have ever been abused, bullied, picked on, uh, made fun of, uh, attacked in your life? Well, 100% of our hands go up. Here's the question. Would a secure person do that? Yeah. No, they wouldn't. And so my thought now when that happens is they're not secure. Mm -hmm. When somebody comes over the top with an issue, a complaint, an attack, whether it's a business or social or whatever environment, my initial thought is, oh, man, this person's so insecure. It's never personal to me. So I don't and when it's not personal, I don't I don't defend. And when you don't defend, it kind of dissipates the energy. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of these things here, uh, the reason that, you know, that people feel awkward doing it or they, you know, it's not real. It's, it's because part of it, I think is because that they've tried it before or they've had other people come across to them negatively Mm -hmm. and they think it's them. They think they're the ones who messed it up and, and you're not, it's something that that person's dealing with. Man, Not that, you. that old, yeah, that old pithy cliche hurt people, hurt people yeah, is the one that sticks in my head. And that you're right, Tom. That's what I think of the person who is rude, who is, uh, unkind, bitter, sarcastic, critical. Uh, it, I, I, you see it. it. It's just, I've had to learn it though, because it, it can be, it can be so hurtful. It can be so hurtful. Well, you know, go ahead. I was going to say Billy Cox has a, a statement. I don't know if it's his, but he says it all the time. He says it's it's never wrong to do what's right. Yeah. And so when you look at this list of 10, those are all right things to do. Yeah. Every single one of them. So it's never wrong to do them. And you've got to get the, the belief set that, um, hey, people aren't worried about me. I'm worried about me. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway because it's always right to do it. It's never wrong to do what's right. And then you kind of grow into it. 
Uh, that's a great statement. You know what? Uh, on that, I'll end with one here that, that talks about uh, to what you said a little bit. Terry Sigler, he says, uh, I only have trouble with names. I, he says, I've been in retail for 20 years, and I must say things are much nicer at work when you're kind to everyone. When you smile at people, they smile back. I love giving people the best customer service I can give because they will remember you and come back. I love the phrase, just be nice. Says I listen to two hours of the Ziegler show every morning and love the shows. It's taken many years of reading lots of self-help books. I'm now 67. I've always been a people person, person and people pleaser though. Now I know how to balance that part of me. And that has come from listening to the shows. Well, thanks for the, the testimonial uh, for sure, Terry, but I, I just like that. Uh, he's working at it. He's training himself. And that's the thing that we always get to do. This is a great list. Honestly, Tom is a great list for all of us to stick up in our car and our, at our mirror at home at our desk, put it on our desktop. Just to remember that if we want to bless other people, if we want solid personal relationships, if we want numerous personal relationships, quality and quantity, these are the things that we can do. And I, I personally am always a fan of getting the ones, well, knowing both sides. Again, what we're strong at, what we're weak at. What we're strong at, do it more. Maximize that and leverage that. But what we're weak at, what are the, what are the ways that we can uh, get a little bit out of our comfort zone and, you know, especially for us introverts, number one, speak to people, just acknowledge and engage with them. That's one that uh, kind of, kind of like, gosh, it reminds me of Shanti Feldhahn, the 30 day kindness challenge and what she taught us that being kind to others, uh, what it does for them. Great. But it, what it does for you is far more beneficial. And so these aspects of reaching out to other people with personal relationship, these, these, these qualities is going to help us more than it helps them even. Well, hey, Ziegler is the, uh, here's the kingdom of personal relationship skills right here. And, you know, and I will say, folks, if you haven't really dug into these, uh, come into Ziegler.com, go to the resources, the online store. And, you know, again, we've got the top selling books. Get, I'd start off, get Choose to Win. Tom's new book. Talk about the culmination of all the brilliance here. And then again, if you're the, the, uh, the book I just mentioned, Secrets to Closing the Sale, folks, that's the book that uh, Seth Godin said. I think he listened to it on tape 72 times before he had to get a new tape. And the point there wasn't about just sales. It is a book about life. Absolutely. And uh, Kevin, I just wanted to close with this. I'm working on a new mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, so any feedback you guys, all of our listeners want to give. So here's the, here's the statement. The statement is the highest standard and the deepest grace. And so here's the mindset attitude. I want to set the highest standard for myself. Golly, you know, so if I look at this list of 10, and those are pretty high standards. But what if in every area of my life, I set the highest standard? But I go out into the world with the deepest grace, meaning that people are people. They're going to mess up. They're going to have a bad day. They're going to be hurt. And so what if my attitude is I'm going to set the highest standard for myself, but I'm going to extend the deepest grace to everybody I come across. And then what's kind of cool then is I take that deepest grace and I apply it to myself as well. In other words, I give myself permission to try new things to gloriously fail, to, you know, learn through, you know, skin, knees and, and, and everything else, because I'm going to give myself the same grace. 
right? Because I know that I'm not perfect. I'm learning. And, but in order to grow, I got to get out of the comfort zone. I got to take some chances. Yeah. If you're building a business, what a great, what a great concept. I'm going to set the highest standards for my business because profit and growth and solving problems and making customers happy only comes when we have high standards. If we don't have any standards, nothing changes. And yet, if I want my people to grow, not only do I need to set the high standards and develop and help them grow, but when they mess up, I got to give them the deepest grace. And, and so this whole thing works wherever you go. And I really, I'm, that's kind of my mindset is how can I set the highest standard, live the truth, you know, go for everything that I'm maximizing, everything that God's given me. And at the same time, lead with the grace, right? Lead with that openness. And that doesn't mean that, that when somebody else has a different standard than, than me, that I compromise. It just means I just cover them up with grace. I keep my standard, but, but what they feel from me is grace. Sounds like a recipe for joy and peace. Bottom line. Well, there you go, folks. That's what we wish for you is joy and peace and success in your relationship skills. Thanks always uh, to those who just shared and shared so openly. It's such a gift to my, to me, to Tom, and to everybody listening. Tom, always a gift, brother. Thank you, brother. All right, friends. So I'm betting that you're pondering, again, where you're strong and where you can use some affirmative action in some of these 10 key areas of human relations. I'll be engaging with people more for myself. Coming up in show 707, we've got a really a holy grail topic in personal development. The big kahuna, as they say, what makes us finally take action on our desires? And I'm with author phenomenon, Hal Elrod, Hal, he's influenced millions of people with the message of his best-selling book, the miracle morning. And what intrigues me is his concern with not only inspiring so many people, but then not being satisfied with how many were actually taking action as a result of that inspiration. So his latest book is the miracle equation and it tackles these issues. Uh, Hal, if you don't know him, he almost died twice, literally once from a head-on collision with a drunk driver, then from a rare form of aggressive cancer. And the principles that helped him come back stronger from both accidents is really what fuels his guidance for us in our everyday lives to finally take the necessary steps towards achieving the things we honestly desire. Uh, the discussion on overcoming negative emotions alone is worth the listen, worth the price of admission, as they would say. It's flat out profound, folks. So don't miss what Hal uh, has to offer in this show. Till then, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <music> 